0: Thank you for listening to The Real Deal with Damian Adams. This is Real Sports Talk for the Real Sports Fan. And I definitely appreciate all you Real Sports fans who are listening right now. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please do me a huge favor and leave this podcast a five-star rating. That one, two, three, four, five! That five-star rating review will definitely be appreciated. If you're listening on any other platform, that could be iHeartRadio. Podomatic, Google Podcasts, wherever. Please share from that platform so that your friends and family can find the show, listen to the show, love the show, subscribe, and then share it with their friends and family. I'm trying to get this podcast to the highest levels of podcastivity, and I need your help to get there. All right, it'll be truly, truly appreciated uh, for the people who have been supporters of the podcast. I do apologize for the inconsistency of the podcast. I I just need to do a better job of managing my time with the new job I have at Burn City Sports, of covering the Phoenix Suns and Arizona Cardinals. No excuse. You know, like I said, the reason is I just need to do a better job of managing my time, and I will do a better job going forward to bring you the podcast. And plus, I need this podcast. This podcast is my baby. It's something that brings me joy. It's my therapy. So I definitely do a better job of coming to you each and every week, at least once a week, maybe twice a week with the basketball season going. I like to just, you know, jump on the microphone, pause, and <laughs> talk about how, you know, this is what's going on this week or this day or whatever's going on at the time. So I definitely will be back each and every week for you guys. And on today's episode, man, I just want to talk basketball usually i'm very meticulous and i have everything planned out Uh, this episode is kind of freestyle me and you just talking basketball just talking hoops the nba is underway every team has played at least one game now I'm coming to you on thursday morning the season started on tuesday and then last night we had a full slate of games on wednesday night so everybody has at least one game under their belt now and i wanted to get into my predictions for the season some of my bold predictions what I think is going to happen and also just get some things off my chest that I've been thinking about when it comes to basketball. So now let's start with some of my predictions. So there's so many predictions you can make throughout the season. So I'm going to start with my award predictions on this first segment of the show. And let's start with Rookie of the Year. So. I made this prediction before last night. I know Victor Wimbiama didn't have like an amazing game. He had a great stretch in the fourth quarter against the Mavericks, but it wasn't this wild you game that you expect from somebody with so much hype, right? It wasn't LeBron's first game against Sacramento where it's like, oh, this is it. Like, we see what's going on. Uh, he had moments though. He had a couple blocks where it's like, oh, okay. Or even just attempted blocks where you're like, wow, this dude's going to block everything. Uh, he also had a few moments in the fourth quarter where you saw the offense, you saw the skill, pull up three off the dribble from a dude that's seven foot three, seven foot four is incredible to see. Incredible. But I do believe that the rookie of the year will not be Victor Miyama. My rookie of the year I have is Chet Holmgren. Now I'm, I didn't even check to see what his stats was last night. Again, this is a freestyle episode. I'm just coming to you off the dome, me and you talking. But Chet Holmgren has the same skill set as Victor and Villama, a few inches shorter, but same skill set, and he is able to do this for a winning team. We assume OKC is going to be a better team this year than last year. Last year, they just missed the playoffs. So you expect a step forward for Shea Gilchrist-Alexander, a step forward for Josh Giddy, a step forward for Lou Dort. And also the help of Chet Holmgren coming in this year along with that. So if him and Victor Wamiyama have the same stats and he's doing this for a winning team this is something that can carry him as far as the vote. Now I'm considered pretty new when it comes to being an official member of the media so I don't have a vote Right, so I can talk about the betting side of it. Hopefully, one day I am to the point where I am one of the voters for this award. I know people say it's a lot of pressure, but I would love to be at the point where people see me and know, like, oh, this dude knows basketball. Let's give him a vote on these awards. One day, maybe a few years. You know, I don't know how long it takes, but definitely want that one day. But Chet Holmgren has all the same skills, can hit threes, can drive to the rim. And I believe the year he had off, well, I shouldn't say a year off, the year he had rehabbing, is going to assist in him having the strength to deal with NBA basketball. There's going to be times where Victor Miamma gets pushed around. And it's not because he's soft or anything like that, it's just because he hasn't been playing NBA basketball. Where Chet had a year around the game, working with NBA trainers, getting himself ready for the NBA game, I think that's going to help him. And the one highlight I did see, you saw... Just the smoothness to his touch on his first basket where he did the fade away on the baseline. That's a very tough shot. A very tough shot. Anybody who's played ball knows that mid-range jumper on the baseline is very tough. Shooters like Kevin Durant and others can make that shot because they work on it so much and because they're so skilled. That's a tough shot, especially doing it with somebody guarding you that's playing good defense. And the fact that he's already making that jump shot just shows you the potential that Chet Holmgren has. So that's my upset for Rookie of the Year is Chet Holmgren. So, six man of the year. Now, my pick for six man of the year did not get off to a good start. My pick is Eric Gordon. Now, the reason I picked Eric Gordon for six man of the year is that if you look at the award and the history of the award, the last four years, the winner has been on a team that's either the first or second seed in their conference, right? Last year, it was Malcolm Brogdon for the Celtics, who were the second seed in the Eastern Conference. And the favorite is Emmanuel Quickly, right? He's the betting favorite for six man of the year. And I have no doubt in his ability, I believe he's going to ball out as a six-man for the New York Knicks. I just don't believe in the Knicks this year as being a team that can finish with one of the top records in the Eastern Conference, especially with the Eastern Conference being kind of a two-team race this year. When you look at the fact that Milwaukee and Boston have made such big moves in the offseason, Milwaukee adding Dane, Boston adding Drew, and Chris Asperzingis, who went crazy last night, when you look at them two ahead of everybody else, it really is a two-team race. And the Knicks, I believe, didn't improve enough to put themselves in that third spot either. I think Cleveland's going to be the team in that third spot. So in New York, maybe they finish with the fourth seed. Maybe. I don't think that's good enough to win six man of the year if a bench player from one of those top teams is having just as good a year as Manuel Quickly. So Eric Gordon, I know he's gonna be aggressive. He took 16 shots on opening night. Now he only went four of 16, but he took 16 shots on opening night, which shows you the green light he has coming off the bench. So I can see him averaging 15 points, shooting 45% from the field, you know, 37, 38% from three, and doing that for a team in Phoenix that's gonna finish with a top record if they play enough, right? Opening night, Riley Bill didn't play both. Devin Booker and Bradley Bill are doubtful. Last time I checked to play tonight against the Lakers. Uh, And that was one of the issues or one of the questions, I should say, going into the season for the Suns is would they be healthy enough to play? Would they be healthy enough to get one of the best records in the conference? So hopefully this is just the first week and they're able to overcome this and be healthy throughout most of the year. But right now, starting off already with injury concerns definitely isn't a good look. But Eric Gordon is still going to come off the bench most of the time, and this team, if healthy, should have a top two record in the conference. So Eric Gordon is my pick for sixth man of the year. We're just going to ignore that first game. Now, he did shoot well, but we're just going to ignore that. Hopefully he plays better tonight to make my pick look a little better. All right, for the next award, let's talk about most improved. So the favorite for most improved is Mikel Bridges. You know, he got traded from the Suns to the Brooklyn Nets last year, and immediately you saw the difference with him being one of the top options on offense. With the Suns, you know, he was a 3 and D guy. His job wasn't to be the main guy because you had Devin Booker, Chris Paul, even DeAndre Ayton. But in Brooklyn, he's that guy. So he's definitely going to have a good year scoring-wise, and he's going to be able to show if he can be that top guy. I believe he can be an All-Star this year but I don't believe in Brooklyn making the playoffs. I think he's good enough to carry them to some wins, but to ask Mikel Bridges to be your top guy to carry you to the playoffs is asking a lot, especially when you look at their record last year after the trades were made. They still made the playoffs, but that was based off of the wins they accumulated when Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant were on that team. So now you're asking Mikhail Bridges to do that again, and I can see why he's the favorite for most improved, but he's not my pick my pick for most improved is Jordan Poole Now again, this is a freestyle episode. I didn't look at what he did last night in their game But I do believe that he'll have the green light this year. He'll be able to Get up 25 shots a game and he is a very talented offensive player now. He's been very inconsistent but I believe with the reputation of being the top guy, being the guy who's going to get to shoot every night and not having to defer to Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins, he's going to get the opportunity to grow into that role. And I can see him winning most improved. I can see him averaging 27, 28 points a game this year, shooting 45% from the field, 38% from three, being more efficient while taking more shots. That can lead to him winning most improved. Now, for coach of the year. Coach of the year, I'm going with a homer pick. I know that I cover the Phoenix Suns, so if you're not familiar with me, you might think I'm a Phoenix Suns fan. But, grew up in New Orleans, so even though I cover the Suns, I do root for the Suns because, you know, you want the team that you're covering to do well, I am a Pelicans fan. And, the New Orleans Pelicans have so much potential. So much potential. But we all know what the issue is with them. Can they stay healthy? And... This isn't, you know, a logical reason. I just figure after all the luck or bad luck, I should say, that they've had with injuries, the basketball gods have to smile down on them this year. They have to, right? Like they have to just smile down on them and show them some grace this year. After last year, they were such a good team to start the year. The first two months, I was super excited. Ask anybody who knows me, I was out here bragging, like, yo, we going to the finals. We about to do it big. And then Zion got hurt, and we fell down and missed the playoffs. So hopefully this year they can stay healthy. It looked really good last night. I watched parts of that game. I wasn't able to watch all the game because we had our science podcast, but I watched pretty much all the first half and then the fourth quarter. And Zion in the fourth quarter really showed you what he's capable of. Uh, he had some highlights. He dunked on Jaron Jackson Jr., and then on the following play, called alley He scored 12 straight in the fourth quarter. You also have CJ McCullum, who had a good game, Brandon Ingram had a good game, and when those three are playing together, which this was only the 11th time that all three of those guys have played together, which is nuts, when all three of those guys are playing well and playing together, this team is going to be hard to beat for anybody and it's going to be very interesting to see what happens when you play against teams who are longer because there was even times in the first half where you saw the length of memphis kind of bother zion a little bit because zion wants to score in the post that's what he wants to do he's only going to shoot the three on occasion and everything is him just going downhill but he is able to adjust as well and that's what you saw in the second half him adjust to what they were doing and still able to get to the basket get dunks get layups and his handle is really tight Brandon Ingram has such a good mid-range game. CJ McCullum can score in all three levels. And then you had you know the additions of Matt Ryan, who came off the bench shooting threes well. So this team is very well-rounded. And once they get back Trey Murphy and Jose Alvarado and Najee Marshall, like this team is very deep. And I can see them getting to a top four seed in the Western Conference. If they do that after missing the playoffs last year, Willie Green, Will be a very, very viable candidate for Coach of the Year. All right, what's some of the awards that haven't gone over yet? I know we still have MVP, but Defensive Player of the Year. Let's do that one first. Defensive Player of the Year. Their favorite is Jaron Jackson Jr. going into the year. But I have a surprise pick for this one. I like Miles Turner to win Defensive Player of the Year. He led the league in blocks last year. I like Indiana to take a big jump this year. Uh, Indiana last year, you know, missed the play in. But Tyrese Halliburton, you know, another year in, I can see him taking a jump. I love the addition of Bruce Brown. I love the addition of Obi Toppin. I really think think that this team is well-balanced and well-coached. We know Rick Carlisle can coach his butt off. So I think this team will take a jump and be one of those surprise teams to make the playoffs. Maybe through the play-in, but they'll be one of those surprise teams to make the playoffs. And making the playoffs will put you on voters' radar as when it comes to awards. If this team's a top defensive team, it's going to be really based off of Miles Turner being an anchor, and he could be Defensive Player of the Year. So now let's get to MVP, Most Valuable Player. For this award, I'm going with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, the Bucks haven't made their debut yet. They made their debut tonight against the Philadelphia 76ers, which we'll get into after the break with them and their drama. Giannis, with the freedom he's going to have on the court because of the spacing that Damian Lillard creates, it's going to be nasty. It's going to be nasty. I definitely see him averaging 30 points a game, 13 rebounds, 5, 6, maybe even 7 assists a game this year because of Damian Lillard. And the defensive end, his impact will be even more amplified because of the absence of Drew Holiday, the absence of Grayson Allen. They'll be able to... See exactly his impact is being able to switch and protect the rim. So I think he'll be a top five finisher for defense play of the year, and have that offense that will lead to him winning MVP. Now I know that's tough because Nikola Jokic has already looked amazing. He looked amazing on opening night, and he may go ahead and win the award again. He's the best player for sure, but I think that Giannis will win MVP just because of the record that the Bucks are going to have and what he's going to do throughout the year. So, we're going to go ahead and take our first music break. When I come back, give you my predictions for the Eastern Conference, and we'll get into the drama with the Philadelphia 76ers. We'll be right back.
1: And the name was Brown Sugar See we be making love constantly That's why my eyes are the shade Blood burning The way that we kiss is unlike any other way That I be kissing when I'm kissing What I'm missing, won't you listen? Brown Sugar back. I guess high up in love I don't know how to something about Brown Sugar I know I want something about Brown Sugar, sugar. 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 I sugar, want sugar. something on my Sugar, sugar. Oh, sugar when you're close to me You love me right down to my knees And whenever you let me hit it Sweet like honey when it comes to me Skin is caramel with the cocoa eyes Even got a big sister by the name of chocolate. Sugar I get high off the of love. don't know I how to summon I want sugar I want sugar I want something sugar I want something
2: your sugar
1: How the story goes, brown sugar got me open. Now I want some more. Always down for my nauseous wine but I think I'm here to solo. All my niggas don't talk. Stick out my tongue and I'm about ready to hit this pretty, pretty bitty with persistence. Yo, I don't need y'all here, brown sugar, babe. I kiss high off the of love, don't know how to be breathe. Oh, I, oh, I want something I want I want sugar, sugar. I'm I want something I'll rush you I want something I'll rush you I
2: want something I'll rush you I want something I'll rush you you I want something I'll rush oh, I want
1: something
2: sugar. Oh, I want something sugar. Oh, I want something sugar. you
1: I'm you
0: Welcome back to The Real Deal with Damien Adams. Hopefully you enjoyed that music break. That was a special request from my guy, Jerome Chambers, who has been a, a supporter of the podcast for a long time, but has known me for uh, 15 years now, 14, 15 years. Uh, we were in boot camp together in the Navy. And so I appreciate him always chirping in and giving his suggestions. He suggested that I play Brown Sugar <laughs> for... <laughs> though one wanted a break so I appreciate that so now let's get into my Eastern Conference predictions for like the standings right now going over the standings from last year Milwaukee had the best record now y'all remember what happened in the first round they lost to the Miami Heat but they finished 58 and 24 Boston was right behind them with the 2 seed. Philadelphia at 3 Cleveland at 4 New York at 5 Brooklyn at 6 Atlanta at 7 Miami at 8 now Miami had a better record than Atlanta but in the play-in tournament you gotta remember they barely made the playoffs and then went in and made that crazy run Toronto was 9 Chicago was 10 okay so looking at the playoffs from last year and the teams that made it I have two new teams making the playoffs this year that's Indiana and that's Orlando all right so I got Brooklyn falling out of the playoffs and who else could fall out of the playoffs now i falling out of the play-in I got Toronto falling out of the play-in and Chicago falling out of the play-in I think this is a year where both of those teams find out that they just don't have it Chicago should already know that honestly uh, I think this year is going to really put it on 4th Street where like it's like yo okay we need to do something because this ain't working out and with Toronto new coach you lose Fred VanVleet to Houston. You have a team full of talented players that just don't fit together. You need different pieces. So I can see, that's one of my bold predictions, that Pascal Siakam, OG Anunoby, they will both be on the trade block come trade deadline time. And I can see them being moved because both of those pieces could help another team win. Especially Pascal being an all-NBA type guy, OG is the ultimate 3 and D guy, somebody who all teams have been trying to get and have been able to get to. I think both of them will be on a trade block this year. I have Indiana and Orlando taking the spots of Toronto and Chicago. I got the 76ers taking a big step back. Let's get into them. So we haven't even gotten to them playing yet. Earlier I made a mistake when I said every team played one game. Not every team, because Philadelphia and Milwaukee haven't played yet. Philadelphia already has all the drama going on. Haven't played one game yet. All the drama. Right? And when you just sit back and look at it, James Harden, at a certain point, bro, you got to look in the mirror. Like, what's happening? What's going on with you? Like, how have you not realized that this isn't going to work out for you? Now, part of that is, it's worked out for him in the past. He wanted out of Houston, got shipped to Brooklyn. Wanted out of Brooklyn, got shipped to Philadelphia. But in both of those instances, he still was considered a top 10 player in the league at the time. When he got shipped out of Houston, he still was an MVP-type guy. Played in Brooklyn, didn't play that much, but when he did play, he played very well. Showed that he could adapt to being you know, one of the big three when it was him, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant. But we only saw them for literally like less than 15 games, if I remember correctly. Then he gets tired of that situation. Probably was tired of dealing with the Kyrie stuff that was going on at the time with the COVID shot and everything. Once out of there, get shipped to Philadelphia. And he's played well for Philly. Now he's no longer the MVP Harden that was in Houston, but he's played well, been a great second option. And he's had some great moments in the playoffs. You gotta remember, he had some big time games against Boston last year in the playoffs. Had moments where he showed up in a major way when Joel Embiid couldn't because he was hurt, but also had his classic James Harden type performances. Right? He's known for no showing in closeout games, and he did that. And then this offseason, he had the option to be a free agent. If he was no longer happy with the situation, he had the option to not sign his opt-in contract and go wherever he wanted to go. But he didn't want to miss out on the $35 million that was guaranteed once he signed that contract. So he opted in and then asked for a trade. Now normally, when you have a sign and trade, it's agreed upon beforehand. We've seen it before where a player may sign a contract with a team because that team can offer him the most money, but it's already understood that he's going to get traded to the other team and now this team has him on a longer deal where he's making more money because of it and the team that traded him gets the benefit of a bunch of draft picks or even players coming over we've seen it before but there was no deal like that in place for james harden james harden opted in to make sure he got 35 million dollars and then was like trade me now He's been saying that the reason he wants out is that Daryl Morey is a liar. But he never said what Daryl Morey lied about. So, why are you not willing to tell us what he lied about? If he's this diabolical liar who has mistreated you, why not just tell us what he lied about? Now, my guess is, because we have to speculate, is that... James Harden took less money last year. He took less money so that they can sign P.J. Tucker. And that was a move that they thought would help them be better. P.J. Tucker at this stage of his career still a pest on defense but doesn't really provide anything offensively. He's not like crashing the boards and maybe hit the occasional corner three. So he didn't really help that much. My thing is, if you're James Harden... Why are you taking less? I understand that him and Daryl Morey at one point were very close and had a close friendship but I don't care if the general manager is your actual brother like you grew up in the same house and shared bump beds in the same room. You can't expect him to put your needs over his job. If Daryl Morey Promised you, like, hey, you take this right now and I'm gonna make sure you get a max deal after this. You should have known that was bullshit. You should have known. Because if he signs you to a max deal when you're no longer a max player, he's gonna lose his job. And no matter how close you are, as friends, as brothers, it does not matter because at the end of the day you can't expect him to put his needs over yours or put your needs over his I should say you can't expect that why would you? that's extremely selfish it's extremely selfish of James Harden to expect Daryl Morey to put James Harden's needs over his when Daryl Morey has given you everything you've wanted right? James Harden should be financially secure for the rest of his life and his family's life. Right? Like he should be good for generations. And a big part of that is Daryl Morey. Now, of course, it's James Hart putting the work in, becoming one of the greatest players to ever do it. You gotta give him all the credit in the world for doing that. And Daryl Mori recognized that and paid him very handsomely for that. Or I should say, signed him to contracts that got him paid very handsomely. But you're no longer that dude who's going to get the $40, $50 million a year contract. But you're still a guy who can get paid very well, especially in today's NBA with the money that's getting handed out. But you have to recognize what your value is. And you're no longer a max guy, especially when max nowadays means $300 million. We just saw it with Jalen Brown. Now, I know that James Harden isn't eligible for the $300 million contract, but you can't expect whatever your max is, you can't expect that. Now, again, this is speculation because James Harden didn't tell us what the lie was about. So James Harden has crossed that line between irrational confidence and delusion. Because as a, this is my theory, as a world-class athlete, a world-class designer, any type of world-class person, a world-class sports writer—you have to be someone who has a very high level of confidence. Right? It takes a very high level of confidence to get behind this microphone by myself with no guests, no co-hosts, just me a microphone and think that people are going to listen and enjoy it. It takes a high level of confidence for that. And some people may say it's delusional. That's where that line comes in. Same thing with James Harden. It takes a high level of confidence, and maybe irrational confidence. To believe you are the best player in the world but he matched up to it he's one of the best players in the world for a long time but now he's to the point where he's no longer that and it's crossover to the illusion of him believing he's still worth that type of money when you're clearly number two option on your own team now you can be a two the number two option and get a max depending on your position and where you're at in your career but he's not in the same position as a Jalen Brown Jalen Brown being in his mid 20s, being somebody who can still get better, he's gonna get that max deal. You're not there anymore James. So I feel like James Harden has gotten a lot of bad advice and that has led to him being in this position now where he's missing practice showing up like hey let's go play let's go I'm here to go play like how are you just gonna miss practice and team activities and then show up ready to travel with the team So the fact that the team was like, nah, bro, you can stay home to someone like James Harden, who obviously can help them win, tells you a lot. tells you a whole lot. So James Harden, man, if you're listening, take my advice and be a professional, and then maybe you'll get traded to your destination. Another thing, the LA Clippers didn't want to give up Terrence Mann for you. Terrence Mann? This is no disrespect, Terrence Mann. Good role player, right? Good role player, good defender, somebody who probably outplays his stats. But he's a role player. And it's not like he's going to grow into a star at this point. So the fact that he didn't want to give up Terrence Mann, that was the holdup, lets you know where this team is as far as their thoughts on you. So, because of all this, I'll get back to my predictions. I believe that the drama with James Harden will cause the 76ers to drop in the standings. So I have the Celtics at one, Bucks at two. I think the Bucks will have one of the best records in the league, but it's going to take them a little while to gel, especially with the missing of Terrence. Uh, Terrence. I don't even know his real name is Terrence, but Terry. Terry Stotts just leaving the team when he was designed to be the office coordinator it's going to hurt them offensively. So I think it's going to take them a little while to jail. So I got Celtics 1, Bucks 2, going Cavaliers 3. At the 4th spot, I'm actually going to go with the Atlanta Hawks at the 4th spot. Knicks at the 5, Heat at the 6. At the 7th spot, I'm going to go with the Orlando Magic. And then the eighth spot, I'm going to go with the Indiana Pacers, all right? So I have I have some surprises this year for sure. But Miami, I think the loss of Max Struz and Gabe Vincent is really going to hurt them without replacing those guys. And I wouldn't be shocked. Think about it. They barely made the playoffs last year. Wouldn't be shocked if they had to play again. I think people are forgetting what happened in the regular season before the playoffs last year. So those are my eight playoff teams for the Eastern Conference. Let me know if you think I'm crazy or not. And let me know what you think of my James Harden take, all right? So we're going to take our next music break. When I come back, give you my Western Conference predictions. We'll be right back.
2: sideways, I'm about as ready as the light can get, we can go all out, I ain't afraid of the sweat, but yet, I bet you got the techniques to freak a girl inside out, what's that all about, can I have some of that, you gotta put me Word around town is your are strong. I wanna be put on in the worst way. Since the first day, I think it was the Thursday. You be that rubber that I wanna sink my teeth in. Make me wanna ask where the hell you been. I like the way you be with all that personality, but I got flavor too. You best to get be I with me. Day new clothes, look at the cut coupons Mm -hmm. Mm Got the heat so fluffy its tassies Because it's more than twenty buckets struck it Kinda rich Now it's pockets looking straight Slam the D's on the Benzo Pancake by the gay Moms looking straight with her how She got great lounging in her new home That's about to Damn. stay I'll be your cornmeal Won't tell You can get it when you're Even though you got chicks All up on it Don't matter Cause brother you fly I can't lie I've been making daddy From the corner of my eye Now yeah. baby bring it on Don't be fronting on your baby boo all I wanna know is what's up with you, I'm I get with you Seems like you got a hold on me, it must be voodoo Cause baby I want you I wanna be down Yeah, are you Yeah, let you go I ain't gonna be About so big, Uh about so small, about this length, Uh about this width, Uh about this flow, about this gift. Instinct me and me right up your alleyway Skip the moment, let's chill with some alizade Enough stress in our day Let me massage your mind as my mental starts to play A ghetto sauce with you go And I'll be your sexual chocolate bar And I gotta keep strong for the cause And you gotta keep strong for the tours for the man and me, family family What else could we be with no one in the stands up but me? You were the first to tame Big i <laughs> I'm out I wanna be down oh, yeah. oh, With oh, yeah. I'm going I wanna be down, yeah. I, wanna be down yeah. yeah. I wanna be down With you I right. wanna oh, the
0: body rock you on. Welcome back to the real deal with Damian Adams. Hopefully you enjoyed that music break. We're now gonna get into the Western Conference and my Western Conference standing predictions, alright? So looking at the Western Conference from last season. 1C was the Denver Nuggets, 2 the Memphis Grizzlies, 3 the Sacramento Kings, 4 the Phoenix Suns, 5 was the Clippers, 6 the Golden State Warriors, 7 was the Lakers, 8 was the Timberwolves, and 9 you had the Pelicans, at 10 you had the Oklahoma City Thunder. So now going into this year, I definitely see it being shaken up in a major way from last season. So, I do have the one seed as the Denver Nuggets again. They, the chemistry, Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, uh, KCP, man. Catavius Caldwell Pope doesn't get enough credit as a great player. He's very, very good, like one of the best role players in the league. They have it all, man. Michael Porter Jr., like, they have it all. So, the big question with them is the loss of Bruce Brown, Jeff Green, how does that affect them? But I think. Christian Brown, you'll see him step up off the bench this year. Reggie Jackson is somebody who's very capable. So I think they do have enough depth with that starting lineup. And they've been somebody who stayed healthy last year. And knock on wood, hopefully Jamal Murray stays healthy as well. Somebody who's dealt with injuries in the past but has been healthy since the ACL. I think they'll be the one seed again. The two seed, I got the Phoenix Suns. Now, of course, this depends on health. I mentioned earlier that both Devin Booker and Bradley Bill are doubtful for tonight. But hopefully they play. And hopefully with the lower back tightness with Bradley Bill this doesn't linger throughout the year. Speaking as someone who's dealt with back issues, uh, it's a bitch, man. It's a bitch. Like, back issues. I can only imagine for someone of those you know, NBA players' size, when they deal with back issues, how much that affects them. Uh, and just a quick tangent. Like, we know NBA players are like tall and you know bigger per you know bigger people, but when you're up close with these guys, even guys that you don't think of as like massive human beings or big dudes, like you don't think of Bradley Bill as a big dude, but when he walks past you, like oh that's a big dude right there. Like so with them having back issues, you know just being bigger individuals, I just can imagine how much that slows them down. So hopefully they're able to alleviate that for him and he's able to come back soon. Devin Booker's a foot issue. He said he already went into the issue or went into the season with a toe issue and now it's a foot issue on that left foot. So hopefully that gets better. But I still have him as a two seed. The three seed I have the Los Angeles Lakers. They have been moving up from seven last year. You gotta think about it. Last year they were outside of the play-in. They made all the trades where they added Deandre Russell and Rui Hachimura and Vanderbilt and all these guys. And that got them into the seventh seed. Having a full season with that new roster, with the additions of a Jackson Hayes and Christian Wood and Torian Prince, I think that this team is set to be one of the best teams in the West. Having as the third seed, the fourth seed, the New Orleans Pelicans. I mentioned it earlier; it's all about health with them. If Zion is healthy, we've seen him play 60 games before. I think people forget his second season. The reason he is. One of those guys who has a two hundred million dollar contract is because he made all NBA his second year. He played sixty games that season. Can he play sixty-five this year? We'll have to wait and see, but it is possible. He is capable of having a season where he plays most of the year and he came into this year in great shape. You know, all the drama that went on with him in the off with the off the court stuff and you know the the girl who I'm not gonna mention her name because obviously she was just after clout. All that drama was behind him, and I think it made him focus so much on basketball that we're going to see a different version of Zion this year. Or I shouldn't even say different. I should say just a version that's on the court more with Zion. And the rest of this team is really good. So I have them as a four seed. Five, I have the Sacramento Kings. They're still going to be a very good team. But last year, I don't think that was a fluke at all, them getting the third seed. This year, I just have them as fifth because I think the Lakers and Pelicans will pass them up. At the sixth spot, I have the Los Angeles Clippers. So when you're hearing those first six C's, the playoff locks of Denver, Phoenix, Lakers, Pelicans, Kings, and Clippers, you're probably like, yo, where's the Grizzlies at? The Grizzlies struggled last year in a major way when Stephen Adams was out. Steven Adams is missing this whole season. They don't really have his replacement, right? John Morant's out the first 25 games. In the last two years, especially the year before last, They were able to play very well without John Morant, right? A big part of that was Tyus Jones. They no longer have Tyus Jones. He's with Washington. So now you're expecting Marcus Smart to take over that starting point guard role and be able to lead you. You're asking a lot of Desmond Bain in these first 25 games. I just don't see it working out for them. I wouldn't be shocked if after the first 25 games, they're like... 10 and 15 somewhere around there where they have to really climb out of a hole to get into the playoffs so i don't have them as a top six team so for my top six playoff locks I have denver phoenix the la lakers new orleans pelicans sacramento kings and la clippers for the play-in team seven through ten i have the oklahoma city thunder at seven Golden State Warriors at eight. Yes, I have them falling all the way down there. And it's not because of their skill set, right? We you know, Steph Curry is amazing. Klay Thompson can shoot. Chris Paul, you know, the point god. But with someone like Steve Curry, the coach, he's proven that he's going to take rest over position and standings before. So I can see them falling down that low because of it. And also they picked experience over youth, which is a good decision at most times but I feel like the lack of youth on the team will come back to bite them in this marathon of the season that they have. So I had them at 8. At 9 I had the Memphis Grizzlies. At 10 is my big shocker. I have the Houston Rockets as the ten seed going into the play-in this year. I love the addition of Ime Yadoka. I love the addition of veteran players like Fred VanVleet, Dylan Brooks, Jeff Green. I think those veterans will help the young guys like Jabari Smith Jr. Jalen Green, I think he will help them really develop and take a big jump in their trajectory as being stars. So our Houston Rockets as a 10 seed, which means teams that are not going to make the playoffs or even play in. Minnesota, I think this is going to be the year where they finally say, hey, we got to trade Cat. Carney Towns isn't getting it done. Go ahead and get rid of him and, you know, let him do what he wants to do. 12, I got the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, they won last night over San Antonio, but it was a very close game, back and forth, and Victor didn't even play most of the game, or he didn't play as many minutes as he would because he was in foul trouble. So the fact that they are struggling with San Antonio, with Victor in foul trouble, really shows you where this team is defensively. And you know ESPN had Jason Kidd mic'd up, and you hear him calling out the calls, ice, ice, doing all the things. That doesn't work unless you have good defensive players. So the year they made it to the Western Conference Finals and they had Jason Kidd mic'd up and you hear him calling out the calls and you see the defense scrambling. They had players like Dorian finney smith and others who fit that role, who those calls worked for. So Jason Kidd may be, you know, somebody who gets a short end of the stick this year when his team starts to fall apart. Um, at 13, I had the Jazz. At the 14th, they have the Portland Trail Blazers and, and have San Antonio Spurs. The Spurs may shock me. They may be better than I expect because, you know, Victor Wembanyama is so good right away. But definitely have my shocks this year when it comes to the Western Conference. But the Western Conference is so deep, I wouldn't be surprised with, you know, any combination of teams making the playoffs, honestly, that of the top 12 that I mentioned. Um, so let me know what you think. Let me give you my playoff teams one more time. Denver, Phoenix, the LA Lakers, New Orleans Pelicans, King, Sacramento Kings, Los Angeles Clippers, And then the teams that will make it out of the play-in. I got OKC and Golden State making it out of the play-in to be my 7 and 8 seed. So if you think I'm crazy or I'm nuts, just let me know. Won't take offense to it. Uh, now I do have to do my predictions for the conference. Finals and NBA finals. So, for the conference finals in the Eastern Conference, gotta go with Boston and Milwaukee, two team race, I have Milwaukee beating Boston in six games. For the Western Conference, I'm going with Denver and Phoenix, very chalk for the playoffs, but I got Denver beating Phoenix in six games as well. NBA finals, Milwaukee versus Denver, I'm going Milwaukee. Yes, Milwaukee to beat the Denver Nuggets in seven games. Let's see if I'm right. <laughs> Give me your predictions. If you listen to the episode, let me know. I will be back next week as well. I promise this time, hand on a Bible, that I will be back next week unless something happens. or Now, we'll let you know if something happens while well, I won't be back. But the podcast should be back on a consistent basis from this point forward, all right? So thank you for listening. Make sure you follow me on all social media platforms at The Real Deal WDA. That's the real deal. W as a Whiskey, D S N Delta, as an Alpha on all social media platforms. Uh, make sure that you follow Burn City Sports. If you are a Phoenix Sports fan, we got you covered on all things Phoenix Sports. So go ahead and check it out. A team full of talented writers, so make sure you check out BurnCitySports.com Sports.com as well to check that out, alright? And until next time, go real. Go home